0: You're listening to The Manifest Podcast. My name is Sarah Prout. I'm a best-selling author, a creative entrepreneur, and a manifestation expert. Over the last decade, I have inspired millions of people all over the world about emotional empowerment, intuitive wisdom, and heart-based healing. So in this show, every single week, I'm going to deliver you a brand new dose of inspiration to connect with the magic of the universe and to manifest your dreams. Are you ready? This is going to be fun. Let's get started. Hello there, and welcome to today's show. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, depending on what area. Of the world you are currently listening to this episode from. I know there are people from everywhere that listen to this show. So hello and welcome. I am so excited and also extremely honored to be here with you on this journey. And today's topic is one that I know you are going to love because all the time, and I mean, well, maybe not all the time, but at least a few times a week, I get messages from those of you that are on your twin flame journey. And you're not sure about what to do, how to perceive the situation, how to label the situation or even fathom what's going on because it can be an incredibly uh, confusing time. And so today I want to share with you things you didn't know about my twin flame story, and hopefully that will help you on your own journey. And if you care to do a search for previous episodes that I've recorded about this topic, you can see that I've spoken about everything that you need to know about twin flames, signs that you have found your twin flame. But today I really want to dive into the subtleties around this topic for things that you may not have considered. And it could help you no matter where you are on your journey right now. It could help you understand specific aspects and could be important pieces of the puzzle to help you to make peace with what is. Because for those of you that have been on a twin flame journey or you are aware that you may have the opportunity to embark upon one, it can be an intense time of upheaval. So it doesn't have to be. I also want to make that very clear as well. It can be an absolutely joyous time where it feels like the magic switch has just been turned on in your life and everything begins to flow more seamlessly and in a more inspirational way and you feel like the life that you used to live is falling away. It's definitely a paradigm shift. And I also want to encourage those of you that are listening to this right now and you're like, well, Sarah, I don't believe in twin flames or I have my own definitions and experiences with this. I don't need to listen to this, that I want to encourage you to keep listening, because I believe that today's episode will have something for everybody that is on a spiritual journey and it will also help you with your manifestation practice and as you know this this show is called the manifest podcast for a reason because I'm here to dive in to the metaphysical elements of creation whether that is in the sphere of relationships or the realm of creativity, or you want to have a better relationship with your kids, something could land in your heart today that you really need to hear at the perfect time. So before we get started, a few very quick messages from our sponsors. So this episode today was actually inspired by a recent Instagram post that I made recently and also on Facebook. I believe it was so well received and people were really curious as to the how I manifested my husband. So I have actually been talking about this topic now for the last 12 years. So talking about all of the things that you didn't know, that are part of the twin flame story is something that I've only recently felt comfortable with sharing because it's really easy to talk about the signs. And the synchronistic occurrences that happen on a massive scale to many of the twin flame couples out there that can relate to things, things like seeing the number 111 or other angel numbers of alignment or seeing a rainbow, for instance, we had on our journey, all of the signs that led to the label of twin flame, even though Sean and I definitely see beyond the label of twin flame. And I'll get into that a little bit later, but what I really want to encourage you to do is to tune into the finer subtleties of your own journey, whether it is a twin flame journey, a soulmate, or whether you are in a relationship with another human being, whether that is a romantic relationship, a professional relationship, a casual relationship, or even a friendship, right? And so the thing about being human is that this is how we grow through connection with other humans. And as sovereign beings, we get to attach the meaning to the things that appear in our reality, right? And so when you have collective consciousness around a specific theme and you attach meaning to something, then it can somewhat distort and skew your perception of what's really going on. And it can also lead you in the opposite direction, of the invitation that the universe is giving you on your spiritual journey. So I really want to unpack that today and explain to you some of the ways that we get in our own way, which I can share through things that you don't know about my twin flame story and how I was able to rise above it. And this is something that I'm really passionate about speaking on these topics because for one thing, as humans, we love to grapple for meaning. So I I get messages all the time from people saying, hey, Sarah, I saw a hummingbird or I saw a rainbow or I saw a picture of a unicorn and that's my sign. What does it mean? So I'm going to just give you a very, very quick reminder on the fact that Sometimes it doesn't mean anything and more than likely, it's just a divine wink from the universe to say, hey, I'm here with you and activate the magic and the power of the present moment. This is your mission. When you see the signs, when you remember that you are part of a much bigger picture at play and that you are living out a sacred soul contract with the universe then this game of life gets a lot more interesting. So my twin flame story, very, very, very quick overview for those of you that are just tuning in, you may be new to the show. So I really want to make sure that I don't skim over very important details, but I I do want to keep this short because I want to keep it focused on the things that you may not know about my twin flame story, which I believe are much more relevant. So Let's just rewind, get in a time machine back to 2009. I was married. I was married in a very dysfunctional relationship. There was domestic violence. I was toxic. He was toxic. And we just coexisted with our pain. There was love, but there was a lot more disconnect, right? We just weren't right for each other. And so my marriage blew up. I ended up having an affair And this is something that you can listen to the other podcast episode that I've recorded called I Had an Affair. And I've also written about it in my latest book called Be the Love, where I dive into some very personal and intimate details of what that felt like and the manifestation of shame and then having to unmanifest that shame. So, again, it was a very complicated situation. I feel like 2009 for me was what people call the dark night of the soul. That's where I was really messing up. I was making some extremely poor choices with my judgment, but I wouldn't change anything now because there were blessings in the lesson. And so I ended up on Twitter and that was a way for me to find my voice, to find my sovereignty, to start my business. This was really where I gained my interest in digital marketing and entrepreneurship and I could see that it had great potential (laughs) to be able to not only develop myself personally but to create something and as as an entrepreneur at heart I could see so much opportunity and you may not know this but back in 2009 I gained a very large Twitter following really quickly and I did that by authentically connecting with human beings and having human interaction. The Twitter that you see today is very, very unlike the Twitter that it was back in 2009. This was in the days before uh, it hit the mainstream media and people were using Twitter for um, communication, just to have very lighthearted conversations and to share information. It wasn't the the huge. Uh, playground of division that it is today. I don't know. It might, <laughs> I don't know what pocket of Twitter you fall into the category of, but for me, I tend to stay away from it because it doesn't serve the same purpose it did for me back in 2009. So my husband, Sean, my beautiful soulmate husband, twin flame husband, Sean worked with a guy who was a very, and is still is a very prominent, uh, personal development teacher. And this guy, said to Sean, hey, check out this this person, this woman over on Twitter. She has 20,000 followers. I want to see how she's done it (laughs) and reach out and make a connection. Now, that's a separate manifestation story that Sean tells so beautifully in and of itself. So he manifested that position at that specific point in time to then reach out to me. And then we formed a friendship and It was really, you know, we were just talking about internet marketing and law of attraction, and then slowly we took our conversation over to Facebook and then to email, and we were just friends. So when my first marriage completely blew up and I was dealing with all of the shame of having the affair and, you know, developing feelings for somebody else, I was actually talking to Sean during that time. But he was just purely a friend. Now, I've spoken about this before, and fast forward it, there was like... Uh, It was nearly a year and a half later that I'd been single and on my own and living on welfare as a single mother. And it was like a light switch went off and Sean and I just fell in love. It was actually when I listened, this this sounds kind (laughs) of, this is something about twin flame story you may not know about. So get your notepads if this is what you're here for right now. So when (laughs) this was back in, as I mentioned, 2010 and he sent me an audition tape because Sean is an incredible musician and I listened to him sing on this audition tape for this TV show. I won't tell you what TV show it was. (laughs) I think he'd be embarrassed by that right now, but (laughs) he's okay with me sharing this story. And I heard him sing and it was like, I recognized him. And it was like, at that point, he asked me for help to share the word out on my platform so that people could vote for him. And it was... You know, we had exchanged emails through different levels of crisis that we were going through in our own lives. I was dealing with, you know, nearly (laughs) being broke. I was living below the poverty line. Thankfully, I had a roof over my head. Uh, And Sean was really somebody that was checking in on me. And I deeply appreciate the friendships that I have from people that check in on me, I think that that is really important. And I try to do that as much as I can with the people that are really important in my life too, to reach out and say, hey, how how are things going, right? That's a really important thing to focus on. That's a little side note there. I should probably record a podcast on that. But with Sean, he was my friend. He was somebody that I felt was a very safe space. And when that light switch went off, (laughs) we didn't know what to do about it. And Sean didn't have any money. He was I think he was living He was living in this very small place in West Hollywood and he was an affiliate. This was after he'd left his position with the personal development person that I mentioned earlier. And he was an affiliate manager for Mark Joyner, who is the founder of simpleology.com. And if you don't know about Simpleology, go and check that out. Mark Joyner is one of the most brilliant minds that I have ever had the the pleasure of connecting with and he's a very dear friend I absolutely love Mark now Um but Sean was working for him and he had an affiliate payout that was the exact same price as purchasing a ticket to Australia which is where I was living with my two kids Thomas was nine I think and Olivia was four so they were little and You know, they had been on such a journey. And so for mummy to have a special friend come out and visit meant that I was sleeping on the couch and we had to keep our relationship, uh, you know, not in their focus because that was quite upsetting, of course. Anyway, so when I met Sean for the first time, it felt like coming home. And I'll go into that in a moment But what I will say is that we did not know, both of us, even though we had been in these online spiritual communities. I had studied meditation for, at that point, nearly 12 years. No, actually 11. Let's say 11. I'd studied meditation, I was teaching meditation. Uh I had worked very closely with my meditation teacher and an incredible group of human beings that taught me about spirituality. My ex-husband was one of those people actually and that's a little known fact that not that many people know about. Uh, even though things went, went terribly wrong <laughs> um, and we took some weird wrong turns. Again, a story for another day. Read Be the Love if you're interested in knowing more about that. So what I will say is that We didn't know anything about twin flames, even Sean working in the personal development law of attraction space and me with my history, we didn't know anything about the law of attraction. So when we had this very first uh, experience of spending this week together, Sean came out for 11 days and there were some crazy synchronicities that unfolded throughout that time from the number 111 showing up in the most bizarre of ways. And you can listen to other podcast episodes to hear some of those incredible stories. Uh, 111 was the hotel, the first hotel room that we ever stayed in together, that Wiley, my very first book publisher, um, put us up in during the time that I was meeting Sean. Um, and spending time with him we flew to Melbourne I was living in Queensland at the time a whole bunch of different details but what what I want to keep focused on and I just want to share everything with you right now I really do Uh, but I can't because I want to keep it specifically to the things about my twin flame story that you didn't know about based on that Instagram post that I made last week also on Facebook so Sean and I had this most magical time together with the most incredible spiritual experiences high level overview there were rainbows there were number sequences there were synchronicities that we didn't know about each other that were very interesting how similar they were and then we also had the experience of connecting with spirit guides which again is a big topic For another day. And what I will say is that Sean and I have over 40,000 words of channeled material from that time frame. And we received a download of instructions of how we could be together, how we could reconcile him being in America and me living in Australia and not having any money and how we could start to make money. So that was really such a phenomenal time and it wasn't until Sean went back to America that he met a couple who were twin flames. A topic, a theme that he had never heard of before and I don't think I've mentioned this publicly at all in any of my episodes or things that I've created and then he met another twin flame couple that came forward and told and shared the stories because he was sharing his story of falling in love with this woman on the other side of the planet and all of these things and signs that had happened. And then it was like the universe revealed to us, the veil was lifted, this label of twin flames, which I believe with the popularity of the internet and blogs and fast form contact content, sorry, that, the perception of twin flames has been somewhat warped and skewed and commercialized. And um, whereas what I love about the universe is like the universe is the, the OG internet (laughs) where, where if information you needed to find information, the universe would present it to you. And in our case, having no knowledge of twin flames, I mean, we knew about soulmates, but I'd never even heard the phrase twin flames before, never heard of it. And so, for that shoe to fit, it was a radical game changer. But then I had to start to think retroactively about how I manifested my husband and how this incredible human being landed in my reality, especially given that I had been through a decade of struggling to survive within my marriage with my first husband. And Even though that coexisted with so much rich spiritual training, uh, we really, in my first marriage, I nearly said his name then, I won't ever do that, (laughs) Um, our marriage was really trial by fire. But at the same time, simultaneously, I believe that I manifested Sean because of my loneliness, because of my inner calling to say to the universe, hey dear universe, take this loneliness away. I've I've spoken about this before. My my international best-selling book is called Dear Universe because it was birthed out of that idea that I could connect with the universe and I could remember my own power and create plan for myself and live life on my own terms, rather than staying for the kids. I wasn't going to do that because my parents did that. And I remember growing up with a lot of fighting and a lot of misery. I love you, mom and dad. (laughs) But I will say that it is so important for us to remember that you know, we're only here for a small amount of time. So living life on our own terms is so important, especially when you're trying to make something work year after year after year and it's just still not clicking for you, then you have to be brave enough to ask yourself, what do I want and how am I going to make this happen so that my life feels empowered, right? That is the name of the game. So that was one thing I didn't know about my twin flame story that, you know, the, the energy and the essence of this entire soul contract was with me throughout the duration of my first marriage. And I can even track it back. And this is where it loops back to the post that I made that I remember having dreams about Sean when I was 15 years old, 15 years old. Uh, when I was, I think I was 15, yeah, well I was I was definitely 15 if not closer to 16. Yes, I had my 16th birthday there, so I was 15 years old. I remember we lived in this small two bedroom apartment. My parents kind of had a trial separation. Oh, it's all coming out today, isn't it? My parents had somewhat of a trial separation. Uh, when I was 15, and we had this 10-acre property down on the Mornington Peninsula in Red Hill, and yet my parents rented this two-bedroom little tiny apartment in Mount Eliza, which is also on the Mornington Peninsula, and I changed schools. I went to the local high school instead of a different school. Anyway, um, it was during that time that I remember I had those dreams the most frequently, and in the dream there was this figure and I remember the stature. I remember he was lean. He was a little bit taller than me. Uh and I, I was fully grown by the time. I was fourteen, I think. <laughs> I didn't I'm five three, so I am 5 3 so I was not I wasn't I wasn't ever destined to be a very tall person. And in the dream the figure was taller than me and would embrace me and I'd fit just kinda under his chin. And I just remember the feeling the first time that he hugged me of waking up in the morning and then feeling like, who was that? And then there was one dream I had where it was a dream within a dream that I was aware that I was in my bed. And I shared the the bedroom with my little sister at the time at this little apartment. And I remember being aware that I was asleep, but seeing myself sleeping and seeing this being, even though I could never really see his face, sitting outside of the tree, looking at me through outside of the window. But it was him. And I remember this energy and this essence. And this dream happened periodically, I don't know, maybe twice a month for, I want to say, 15 years, <laughs> which is crazy, right? So even when I would... um when I was married to my first husband, the dreams would happen. And then when I would go through times of emotional upheaval, they would happen more regularly where this being would check in on me. I even remember waking up in the morning and saying to my husband at the time, oh, I had that dream again of that guy. And we'd even laugh. And I said, oh, my gosh, if he ever shows up, you know, that's it. We're done for. We would jokingly, playfully talk about not being together because that was a way of dealing with our pain. I think I think we knew what was coming. Um And so I knew who he was. And so when Sean flew out from Hollywood, West Hollywood, to meet me when I was a single mother living on welfare in Australia and I saw him at the airport and I just put my arms around him. I had to be careful not to, you know, like give him a big passionate kiss or anything because I had the two little kids with me at the time. Were they there? Yeah, they were definitely there. (laughs) And I remember just putting my arms around him and instantly I kept saying, it's you, it's you, <laughs> it's you. And we, Sean and I joke about that now, like, it's you, it's you. It was him. <laughs> I know it. And I knew, the thing about Sean and I is that we knew that we loved each other before we'd met in person. We knew we wanted to be together. We didn't know how it would happen. And trust me, there were a lot of... Um, There was a lot of magical thinking and fanciful thinking of, yeah, let's get married. One thing, I was still married to somebody else, even though I was legally separated. Um, And then reality set in. And that's when the difficulty started to show up. Traumatic patterns, me learning how to be in a in a relationship again, Um, me actually learning how to be in a positive, empowered relationship for the first time in my adult life. And in all transparency, and you will read this in great detail when you read Be the Love, I talk about how it's only been in the last two and a half years that I have made peace with my inner violence, that I would not tolerate that anymore. And it caused a lot of great difficulties between Sean and I. And that can also be another element of the twin flame uh, reality, where You know, There's so many different experiences that people have or people have heard about that twin flames are never going to be together physically in this lifetime. Uh, There are people that hold the belief that one of the twin flames is in the non-physical and the other twin flame is here. There are people that believe that they are not destined to be together or they're constantly, and I know twin flame couples like this, that they are not together or they can't be because they're married to other people or whatever the dynamic is of restriction. And so for some reason, Sean and I were able, are able to be together in this lifetime. And we believe that we're here together for this specific purpose of reminding other people that they have the power to create their own reality, to wake them up to their divine sovereignty. And so this mission has always been supported by the universe because we're very clear about that, even though there have been seasons where we're definitely not. And I also don't want to sugarcoat it because there was this, (laughs) I, I mean, as I've mentioned, I've recorded many podcast episodes about this. Sean and I have written about this and spoken about this very publicly. And there was a comment that came through probably about two months ago now from this woman who wrote to me and she said, I wish you would stop telling people that you're twin flames because you're not. Um, (laughs) you're not twin flames. You wouldn't have hurt each other in the way that you have if you were twin flames or something like that. And I remember thinking, who are you to judge whether or not I'm in a twin flame relationship? Nobody can judge that. You can label it any way you like. I could, um, there's, there's no reason why you should label anybody else's relationship as whatever it is, right? It's like labeling somebody's gender you can't and have no right to do that right unless you well there's no unless there is no buts with this one it's very important that people discern for themselves where they're at in their own lives and i think it's a very important topic and discussion to have that if somebody wants to live life on their own terms let them do it you don't need to agree with them but you also don't don't need to condemn them because the energy you put out there comes back to you. So I just sent that comment love and and thought well what an interesting perspective to think that you know I <laughs> I'm doing a disservice to twin flames by not being a real twin flame in their eyes. Anyway, <laughs> the world of online trolls, we know there are a lot out there. Um so getting back to the dreams. This was such a beautiful full circle moment and being in Sean's presence and remembering who he was. And the interesting thing is after I met Sean, the dreams stopped. In fact, it took probably around a year to two years for Sean to even show up inside my dreams. Now I'm a person that has very vivid dreams on a nightly basis. I always have, and I probably always will. I'm not somebody that doesn't remember the details in fact when I tell my dreams to Sean in the morning he's like oh my gosh you gotta write this stuff down this is like a movie script but Sean and that presence that I couldn't identify for so many years was not in my dreams anymore because he was in my reality and I tell you this I tell you this as a reminder that what you want to manifest is already with you and sometimes we're just living out these energetic ripples of what is in the process of manifesting because I mean we are as Abraham Hicks calls it vibrational beings and the greater part of us is non-physical I remember that from many years ago when I studied Abraham Hicks the greater part of us is non-physical and so it stands to reason that everything that we want all of our goals our dreams our wishes and our desires the things that are Destined to land in our reality show up for us in different ways, whether they are signs or synchronicities or dreams or uh, energetic feelings that we get when we think about a person, a thing, a place or an experience. And what we what we found over the years is that more similarities with our stories started to emerge. Um, <laughs> something that you may not know is that Sean had a girlfriend didn't have that many girlfriends. (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't have that many boyfriends. Uh, But he had a girlfriend who was a very prominent love focus for him in his life, whose name was almost identical to mine. I won't tell you her name. (laughs) But how strange is that? The similarities between Sean and I are really interesting as well. He's left handed. I'm left handed. Uh, We're both uh, born in November, we're both Scorpios. <laughs> there are just, there are so many similarities. And I mean, this is, I've recorded this in other episodes as well, well of some of the, the family similarities, like our sisters were born within a day of each other, Um Our mother's names both begin with an L, have the same amount of letters in it. Our grandmothers were in their 40s when they had our mothers. You know, these are similarities where it's like, this is a little strange, don't you think? (laughs) Uh, So again, it is often known and spoken about in specific circles that a twin flame is your mirror soul. And like I mentioned at the top of this episode, every relationship has something to teach us. But the twin flames are often considered the ones that will teach us on the most profound levels, right? So when you meet that twin flame and you have that really powerful, soulful encounter... It can radically transform the benchmark that you set for the relationships that you have in your life. But it doesn't mean that you have to be with that person. This is the key distinction and the takeaway from this episode. And I just want to get into a few more things in a moment that I think you're really going to love. So just remember that you choose to be in the relationship. This is your conscious choice as a sovereign being. You choose who you are. You choose where you're going to go, right? We're not just passive participants in our life that have no power. We're not. You need to claim that inner power. So if you're married, you've chosen that person. You choose to get up in the morning or wake up next to that person and love them and appreciate them. You choose to, you, well, you chose to be a parent if you have kids. It is a mutual co-creative experience, a mutual energetic choice. And this vibration of mutual support is what ultimately determines whether the relationship will thrive or the relationship will just die off and, you know, take another direction. But you have the choice. You have the power. So if you have found your twin flame and it is a relationship that is difficult, just remember that your perception of it does not have to be difficult. You can make peace with what is. You can trust the universe's plan for you. Trust in God's plan for you, which I believe uh, I put a post out on Facebook yesterday of what is your name for the divine? Use that word and weave it into an affirmation and say, dear universe, I trust in the plan that you have for me. You're building a bridge, a beautiful bridge between yourself, your higher self, and the infinite nature of superconsciousness. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Like when you can really lean into that with a sense of curiosity to remember that these tiny labels of that's your twin flame or that's not your twin flame or we're meant to be together or we're not meant to be together or arguing with reality will get you nowhere and usually nowhere very fast. You end up on the hamster wheel of life, Groundhog Day, where you're not truly immersed in the awe and the wonder of the human experience. And the only reason... (laughs) I'm qualified to speak on this topic and you're probably qualified to speak on this topic as well is because we have lived the exact opposite of awe, of amazement, of inspiration, of fulfillment. And I, I mean, it's not that you get to a certain level in your life and everything's perfect. It's getting to the space of acceptance that joy and grief can coexist, that fear and love coexist but it's when you leverage the two energies and you don't become them you become aware of them which is the key difference especially when it comes to choice when you are making a choice to show up to love whether that is in relationship with your beloved or a co-worker or your children or your pets or somebody and this is the most important thing here somebody that you disagree with If you can show up with love, compassion, tolerance, and curiosity for somebody that holds the worst of opinions, then guess what? It softens the energy and the change can be made. I really want you to hear that because so often we walk around in our day-to-day lives holding extreme judgment for other people that don't believe in the things that we believe in and the ways that we perceive things should be done. And let's face it, the world is a lot There's a lot of mess going on right now in a lot of different directions. There's a lot of division. But the powers that be cannot separate you from the truth if you stand strong in your own perspective without feeling the need to make other people see your way. Because you can't. You can't. It's uh, grace, right? It's grace. People see things when they are ready. You will see things when you're ready. I will see things when I'm ready. And I don't, uh, no one has it all figured out. No one, no one knows what happens when we die. No one knows what happens uh, with the twin flame dynamic. No one knows for sure. But what we do know is that we're here to love. And that's why my latest book is called Be the Love. So another interesting thing I will tell you (laughs) is on the journey of things you didn't know about my twin flame story is (laughs) this was fascinating. And I only just discovered this this morning. So I really want to encourage you to go and check this out as well. So I went to this website called GrupoVenus.com. That's G-R-U-P-O-V-E-N-U-S.com. I'll link it in the show notes And you can enter in if you know your specific time of birth and your birthplace, you can enter in your details and it will give you the most fascinating and in-depth astrological reports. They also do compatibility reports. And when I put in my birth date and Sean's today, I read the report and surprise, surprise, it told me all of the things that I already knew about our dynamic and how free flowing it is. And also, and this was what was really fascinating, some of the more personal difficulties that we've experienced together, some of the ways in which we butt heads, which we do sometimes. I mean, we're still, you know, human beings having an egoic experience as a vehicle through life, (laughs) but I want you to check that out. I was talking to my sister last week and uh, she told me about that because I've always gone to a place called astro.com and they do an incredible short report forecast. Uh, but Grupo Venus, Venus dot com, um, there's a free option. I think it takes about a week for them to compile it, but it's definitely worth checking out if you are interested in astrology. Now, I'm not a huge astrology fan, but I am somewhat curious uh, to Check those things out, and when my sister mentioned that, I was like, "Yeah, I'll check that out." She said it will blow your mind, <laughs> so I will trust her recommendation, and I did trust her recommendation, and it did blow my mind. So that is it from me for today. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you found anything valuable throughout this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it because this is how we get the world the the word of empowerment out to the world. We want to inspire people and this community is incredible. We attract so many like-minded kindred spirits. There are students from the Manifesting Academy that are here. And if you aren't a member of the Manifesting Academy, check it out. It is so good. We have so many lessons and courses and meditations and uh, replays from really powerful workshops that I've hosted over the last six years. It's an incredible library. So go to manifestingacademy.com if you are interested in that, or you can go to sarahprout.com shop. And we have a few a la carte options for you to get these incredible courses. So in conclusion, I just want to thank you so much for being here with me today. It always always is such an honor to be able to spend this time with you. And if you have listened to this episode for this long, (laughs) we're running on like, I think nearly 40 minutes now, it means the world to me. So I just want to take this moment to appreciate and honor you for your willingness to show up and to help nurture and nourish your spiritual journey. Thank you so much for being here. Lots of love. And until next time, happy manifesting.